Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Rockstar and The Nanny, the new podcast from the true crime series, New Idea Investigates. Some listeners may find some of the content in this podcast distressing. Penny had left her home in country Narrabri to start her first job as a nanny, looking after the three small children of Cole Bajant, former Aussie rock star with the band Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. Then just three days later... The tiny northwest town of Kula is in shock tonight after the brutal bashing of a young woman. 20-year-old Penny Hill was dumped and left for dead by the road outside town. Despite two inquests and multiple rewards, the killer was never caught. You believe she could have known her killer? Oh, I've had a doubt. Penny Hill, only 20 years old, had been brutally bashed and left for dead, propped like a discarded mannequin against a gatepost in country New South Wales in Kula. The murder of Jeanette and Felix's naive, trusting young daughter led to one of Australia's biggest homicide investigations. But the case remains open to this very day. I never thought I would go 27 years and still not know. Who would protect a mongrel like that? Please help us. Miss In this episode, we turn our attention to Penny's boyfriend, Shane Williams. Stunning new evidence uncovered by this podcast will change your perception of this cold case investigation as we speak to Williams and put new allegations directly to him. It had been a big weekend in Kula as thousands of visitors descended on the small country town for three major sporting events. Despite the unusual activity, detectives believed this was no random attack and Penny had known her killer. Investigators had several prime suspects, including the Blackstump Motel cook Bob Lee, a loner and firearms enthusiast with a criminal record, and Ross Kiddo, a professional golfer who allegedly attacked his girlfriend in a domestic incident the very night Penny was bashed. Both vehemently denied any involvement. Then in 2010, almost 20 years after Penny's death, came the discovery of a hidden compartment at the Blackstunt Motel. It was literally under the bed in the room where Penny slept. Inside was a used condom and the butt of a rifle. The remarkable find led to the second inquest into Penny's murder in 2012 and put the spotlight on former drummer Cole Bajant and his wife, Barbara. We had nothing to do with it. May God strike my children dead. Not a thing to do with it. 
Bajant and his wife Barbara owned the Blackstump Motel and had employed Penny to be their nanny. Bajant has never taken part in any of the coronial inquests into the murder, but did speak to reporter Alex Cullen on Seven's Sunday Night program. Who killed Penny Hill? I don't know. If I knew, I would tell. One of the biggest difficulties for investigators in the case had been how many times Barbara had changed her story. She originally gave her husband an alibi, but then in 2010, she told detectives that she wasn't sure of his whereabouts on that fateful night and that she'd suspected her husband of being involved in the murder. However, at the 2012 inquest, Barbara changed her story again and told the court she didn't believe he had been involved. It was also claimed at the inquest that Cole Bajant had a reputation for violence and sexual harassment that he had a shocking temper and had physically abused all three of his wives, including Barbara. These allegations against Colin are unproven and Cole and Barbara have always vehemently denied any involvement in Penny's death. Cole's still a person of interest in this case. He knows that. Today, Bajant no longer runs the Black Stump Motel. His former wife, Barbara Bajant, also a person of interest in this case has passed away from a brain tumour. Cole has remarried and now seems intent on living out his days with his new wife in coastal New South Wales, far away from his life in Coolar. Over the years, Cole has rarely spoken to the media. We've tried on a number of occasions to talk to him for this podcast to give him the opportunity to tell his side of the story of what happened all those years ago, but he's declined all our offers. At the first inquest into Penny's murder in 1992, then-Deputy State Coroner Derek Hand returned an open finding. It was a blow for investigators and, of course, Penny's shattered parents. Derek, now retired and in his 80s, remembers keen details about the Penny Hill case. My memory of that case is there was evidence making it suspicious of of, uh, one or two people. In Derek's findings, he told the inquest that because Penny was found in what appeared to be her bedclothes and the fact she wasn't far from the motel, this, he said, leads to the inference that someone associated with the motel was involved in the assault and the subsequent death of Penny. There's, there's all sorts of possibilities. Uh, the strongest one was that someone at the motel was responsible, but uh, we couldn't, couldn't get any evidence of it. Well, there were a lot of funny things and suspicious things about the whole thing. Derek recalls feeling someone in Kula knew details about Penny's attack but never came forward. It was a, a terrible case to hear in a country town where, uh, you know, probably someone in that town knew. When you go to a country town to deal with something, you know that there's someone can say a lot about the case but they never come forward and, uh, and it uh, uh, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But certainly there was someone, I'm pretty certain there was someone in that town that, uh, at the time that could uh, shed a lot of light on it. It's frustrating when you know that there's someone there that knows something about this and there's so many people that uh, could uh, be involved. It, uh, it does get frustrating, but uh, that's part of the job. You did think that it had something to do with one of the suspects, but there just wasn't enough evidence. 
there. That's that's right. That's uh, that was what the evidence to me appeared to be. There was a couple of people there at at the motel who, uh, you know, a bit more evidence may have uh, solved the matter with them. But it, it was a frustrating case. That you just couldn't get that bit of evidence that uh, could close it up. After the second inquest returned an open finding, investigators began a mammoth operation to match the DNA found in the used condom. Forensic scientists were able to date the condom to the time when Penny was murdered. More than 200 men took part, but one person of interest refused. Police haven't revealed his identity. In many cases involving DNA, suspicions often turn to people who refuse to pass over a sample. But it was the eyewitness account of Barbara Bagent which turned the spotlight onto another potential suspect. Even though she's a person of interest herself, Barbara claimed she'd seen a Commodore in the car park of the motel that night. Years later, Detective Sergeant Darcy and his team worked out that the car in question could have been a Datsun Stanza. Penny's boyfriend Shane Williams drove a Datsun Stanza. Even though husbands and boyfriends are the most obvious first suspects in most murders involving women, detectives from the very first investigation had no suspicion that Shane could have been involved in Penny's murder. They told reporters Shane had been cleared of any suspicion. In fact, Shane Williams had the perfect alibi. As we revealed previously, Penny had spoken to Shane on the phone the night she was bashed. So at 9pm that night, Shane was almost 300 kilometres away in his home in Armadale, talking to Penny on the phone. According to friends and family, Penny had started seeing Shane just before she landed the job in Coolar. The relationship was so new that Jeanette, Penny's mum, hadn't even met him. So you were aware that Penny had a boyfriend in the weeks leading up to her departure yeah, from yeah, now, Brian? Yep. Had they been dating long? No, only about three weeks or about a month. Yeah, about, I don't know, three or four weeks. I'm not exactly sure, but they're about, so. Had you met him? No. You hadn't met him? I hadn't met him until after that. Because she actually met him when she was doing the course in Tamworth. Didn't have time to get serious, though, No, did no, well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's quite true. Because she'd only been or known him for a few weeks, so didn't have time to get no, serious. probably three or four more weeks, no more than that. Penny and Shane met over a pool game at a local pub in Narrabri exactly three weeks before she took on the job in Coolar. The fact that the car Barbara had seen in the motel car park was probably not a Commodore, but in fact a Datsun Stanza, similar to the one that Shane had been driving at the time, gave the case its most dramatic twist. And in 2015, for the first time, Shane Williams became a person of interest in the murder of Penny Hill. Had Shane driven the almost 600 kilometres round trip from Armadale to Coolar that night and killed his girlfriend? Police began to think he could have. Look, at that time, I didn't think it was possible, but I've made that trip quite a few times now, and I do have to agree with them that it, it could have been possible. It's a startling admission by Shane. 
He's previously claimed the trip wouldn't be possible, and in a brand new interview for this podcast, he admits he doesn't have an alibi for the night Penny was bashed and dumped on the side of the road, left for dead. I guess I can't prove that night that I went to bed no more than I can prove I went to bed two or three nights ago. Um, but basically, that was just the case. I probably watched a bit of TV, had a shower, went to bed, uh, got up the next morning. I can remember sitting there still a bit dazed in front of the fireplace when the police officers walked down to inform me at the time they come through uh, of what had happened. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess practically it is possible, but back in that era too, there's no service stations. Just speaking in my defence, you know, I would have needed to refuel to get up there and back in six hours. I'd, you know, you'd have to have a 44-gallon drum in the back of the truck. Oh, not a 44-gallon drum, but, you know, considerable fuel to carry. There's no such thing as 24-hour service stations back then and no such thing as cards or anything. And I was short of cash at the time because I wasn't working, so... For Penny's mum, Jeanette, it was another blow that left her not knowing who to trust. And then what about when the police did start looking at and you heard stories from people at the inquest, you know, from the Bajants and the fact that police were then investigating Penny's boyfriend. How were you through all of this process when you start hearing pieces of possible evidence? How did that make you feel? Well... I don't quite know how to describe it in words. Probably a lot of disappointment because, you know, when they start talking about people sort of like that, you think, well, I don't think it would be them, but then you think, well, how do I know it's not them? Hmm. While Jeanette was in hospital by Penny's side, someone kept calling for an update on her daughter's condition. I had um, phone calls from a certain person who kept asking me had she regained consciousness for about four days and I said, no, she hasn't. So... I don't know. I mean, I guess they were worried. I don't know. Now investigators were going down a new path, focusing on the car. Alex Cullen from Seven's Sunday Night Program addressed the issue of the similar cars directly with Williams in a televised interview. A witness reported seeing a dark-coloured car, similar to a Commodore, driving through the car park without its lights on in the early hours of the morning. In the new investigation, police looked at other cars with a similar shape, including the type Shane owned, a dark blue Datsun Stanza. Could it have been mistaken for your Datsun Stanza? Oh, geez, you'd have to be half blind. But no, I wouldn't. I couldn't see how. There's a vast difference between a a big six-cylinder compared to a small four-cylinder, half the size almost. Blind Freddie and his dog could tell the difference between them. Shane had originally told the first homicide squad that on the night Penny was bashed, he'd gone to church and then home to his parents' place. But on the Sunday night interview, Shane changed his story, not sure where he was that night. And did anyone see you come home? You were living with your parents that night. Yeah, well, nine o'clock, everyone was probably still up, but yeah. 
memory evades me at that, for that length of time. I know I was in Armidale and its districts, or its districts, I should say, whether I was at a church meeting, at home in bed, watching a movie, uh, doing a bit of a hike around the bush on a property that I had access to at the time, uh, although at nine o'clock at night I doubt that very much. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I just can't remember specifically where I was. Where were you 35 years ago? It was 24 years ago. No, that's, yeah, but can you remember 35 years ago? Can you remember 10 years ago? In Shane, a different this, date, I'll give you a date. Shane, this is the night that the girl you yeah, loved... I know, it's significant. ...was but, yeah, bashed it's, to death. I can't tell you where I was, to be honest. Shane told police that he knew Penny had been to the pub and had met some locals. Were you worried that she was... Hanging around with hanging around with these types, these guys, were you were you jealous? Oh, generally, no. I didn't think I had too much to worry about, to be honest. She did say something about not cheating on me or whatever. But she said I'd never do that to you, and I thought, well, that's okay. I trust you. It's it's about all. Did you really trust her? Yeah. Really? Well, as much as what you could trust somebody. I mean, if she did, you know, if if, if there's some reason that I couldn't trust her. What could I do about it, you know? Really nothing. But there's a new twist in this story we can exclusively reveal. Shane Williams was accused of stalking by a former girlfriend. Yeah, look, uh, stalking is not the correct word. I just knocked on one door where I knew she was and I said, oh, is she here? Got to speak to her. And I don't know if she was there or not. They didn't come to the door, but I didn't force my way through. I didn't do anything I left. And I, everything was a bit upsetting. And I had a police officer talk to me that night, but nothing, nothing came of it. And I left it at that. That's the only incident. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have done it if I had thought any better. But basically, I just walked up to the door and just wanted to say, you know, uh, is she here? You know, can I talk to her? Couldn't even remember what I wanted to talk to her about that night now, but... Yeah, it's just basically the upset of a breaking up and so forth. But, you know, it's 18 years old. You know, your kids, you're trying to work something out. One of the things found in Penny's motel room after she was bashed was an empty envelope. The envelope in Penny's handwriting was addressed to Shane and was found in the wastebasket of that motel room. The letter was never found. Was it in Penny's handwriting? Well, we don't know. The, 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 we, the envelope? The envelope is... But uh, the letters, that's still outstanding, you know, so... Strangely, the original investigators found the letter Penny had written to Shane, but it was torn up and thrown in the bin. Its contents were not recorded at the time. I have nothing to do with her death at all in any way. If I did, I wouldn't be here now. I really wouldn't be staring into your eyes telling you that. I can understand you asking those questions. I can appreciate people asking me those questions. I understand what it seems like. But I'm not a violent person in any way. Did you bash Penny Hill? No. I had no involvement in her death in any way or form. And at that period of time, I had never been to Kula. Did you kill Penny Hill? I had no involvement in her death in any way or form. Never harmed her. Never physically harmed her had no involvement in any way. Well, I'll ask you this then. What do you say to the person who did this? Can you live with yourself? Is it time for you to come forward? How many
many years has it been? Is it still playing on your mind? Why did you do it at that time of night? Do you really give a damn or not? How could you not? It's time to come forward. They're still living with this? Well, they'd have to be. Did Shane Williams kill his girlfriend, Penny Hill? Police still list him as a person of interest to this very day, but there's one piece of evidence that could clear his name. We'll reveal the vital clue in the next episode of The Rockstar and The Nanny. If you have any information at all to contribute to this case, please email us, tips at pacificmags.com.au. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.